Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. I'm Greg DeVries, pastor at The Well Scottsboro, and I'm grateful that you've decided to listen to this podcast. I hope that this word uplifts you and encourages you wherever you are. Stay with me for a few moments after the sermon. I would like to pray with you. I trust you'll be blessed by the word of God. Well, listen, are you guys excited this morning? Okay, I just, I want to help somebody. I don't know who this is. We're living in really chaotic and troubling times, okay? We're living in very harsh and difficult times. That's, I don't have to convince anybody about that. I mean, that's quite obvious of what is going on and what's taking place. And and I, I know that there's there's need of solutions. And I truly believe, I want you to know, I truly believe that Jesus and the Word of God and the Spirit of God is the answer to all of our problems, okay? That and that above. Religion is not, okay? Uh, we're seeing God break barriers in a lot of areas. We're seeing some really extraordinary and good things happen. I mean, when you see a family that has has a baptism, they, they just had a marriage, had a, a baptism, had a baby dedication. I mean, all in this in this year, that's God working and moving in somebody's life, Amen. I guess where my concern lies is when people have trouble with ministering to people, presenting the opportunity to be ministered to, leading people to an encounter with Jesus, it makes me wonder if maybe they wouldn't have had problems with Jesus in his day. The way that he did things. Because I'm telling you, if, 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 if inviting somebody up here to declare the name of Jesus, which is the name above every name, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, they would have had a real big problem with Jesus spitting in the dirt and putting the mud in somebody's eye. Listen, they, now you, only you know whether you're one of them. But you're here for a reason. You're here for a reason. You're not here to critique and criticize and analyze a service. We may not, we, 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 we may do some things you've never seen before. We may do some things you don't want to see anymore. We're, we're, we're not the perfect one, but Jesus is. I don't want you to have problems with Jesus. But if you do, here, here's, here's the challenge with it. If you do, the one you have a problem with is the only one that can heal your problems. So it really, it really simplifies the matter that find a way to not have a problem with Jesus. You might have problems with me. You might have problems with them. You might have problems with that. You might have problems with this and that. There's going to be problems in this world. Jesus said there would be. But don't have a problem with Jesus. Don't have a problem. And here's my deal. If you would have problems with the Jesus who was, and you're struggling with the Jesus who is, somewhere in between you package the Jesus that is yours. He doesn't change. He still heals. He still delivers. He still saves. He still has authority. He still has rule. He's still alive. He's still on the throne. Jesus came to change us. Amen? Jesus came to change us. I just don't want you to have a problem with Jesus. Because if you have a problem with Jesus, you'll never be free from your problems. Amen? I want to share something with you this morning. It's, it's always such an honor to, to bring the Word of God to you and uh, to teach it, to preach it, and to 
uh, spread the good news and herald it to you. And I believe that, that you're here this morning on a divine assignment, a divine appointment. I really do. I believe that this is specifically for you. This, this word will relate specifically to you. I know it does to me, and I think it can to you. So why don't you take your Bible, if you have it with you. And once you hold it in your hand, you can turn to uh, Mark chapter 11 if you, if you want to have your place there before we go any further. But I want you to say this with me. I want you to say the Bible thing, the Bible thing, right? I want you to say this with me. This is my Bible. I am who it says I am. And I can be who it says I can be. And I believe it. It was written for me, for my correction, my direction, and my soon coming resurrection. O oh Lord, be it unto me according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Mark chapter 11, verse 1, I'm going to read a story. This will be our text, but we're actually going to go to two different passages and two different gospels and two different perspectives. We're going to see what, what Luke thought about this, what he experienced and what he carried away, and we're going to see what, what Matthew experienced and carried away. Now, this story, the, the scene of this story is also in the book of John, but John didn't touch on the things that these guys are touching on here, and so I want to read it from Mark, and, and, and I want to share something from from Mark and just read it there. I'm not going to preach from Mark. We're just going to read it from Mark, and then we're going to go see the other perspectives, okay? So you really have three different preachers this morning. You have Mark, you have Matthew, and you have Luke, okay? And they're standing there trying to tell you, this is what I think you need to get out of this. This is what I think this is trying to say to you. And I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be their vessel this morning, okay? I'm going to let them bring that word to you. Mark chapter 11, I want to get, and this is going to be a little bit interactive. Do you mind doing Doing that okay it's not gonna be very hard anytime i say the word it i want you after me to say it okay and this word is in this passage of scripture but i want you to say the word it after i read the word it i'll give you a little pause there and i just want you to say you're getting it okay here we go mark chapter 11 verse 1 now when they drew near jerusalem there's people journeying with jesus here to bethphage and of bethany at the mount of olives he sent two of his disciples and he said to them go into the village opposite you and as soon as you have entered it you will find a colt tied and on which no one has sat loose it and bring it and if anyone says to you, some of y'all are starting to bail out already. You can't be tired yet, okay? He said, if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it. And immediately he will send it here. So they went their way and they found the colt tied by the door outside on the street and they loosed it. But some of those who stood there said to them, why are you doing, what are you doing loosing the colt? And they spoke to them just as Jesus had commanded. So they let them go and they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it. And he sat on it. Here's, here's the skinny of the message. You are it. Did you ever play that game before? Who's it? Right? And, and nobody wants to be it at first. And so I'll be it, right? And then about 400 running miles around in the neighborhood and the house. Of, I'm tired of being it because they can't catch anybody. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Slow man, don't be it first. Because you'll be it the whole game. Yeah. 
And I'm here to tell you, if you want to be slow, don't worry. If you want to be it, don't worry. If you're slow, after the first person's it, you will be it, and you'll be it the rest of the game. I want you to be it. I want you to be the it of God. I want you to be the it that he has, that he wants to unloose, that he wants to untie, that he wants to release, that he wants to ride on, that he wants to do life with. Are you with me? So you're it. That's the name of the title of the sermon. Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, pick it up in verse 28. When he had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. So right there, I've got to stop and realize that Jesus is in the early stages, the earthly stages of his ascension. Do you hear that? He's going up to Jerusalem. He's going to Jerusalem. He fully well knows why he's going to Jerusalem. He knows that he's going. He's been telling his disciples this. He's been telling his followers this. He's, he's saying, it's it. This is it. This is my hour. This is my time. I've come to this moment. I've lived for it. I've lived for this moment. This is it. And I'm the only one. I'm going to do something that nobody else has done before. And so he's going up. But it's his earthly part. So often we separate the earthly from the spiritual, and so often we, we separate our spirit from the earthly. And right now, some people's spirits are already disconnected from my preaching. They're already looking at other things and whispering other things that are somewhere else. You're not going to get it because he doesn't have it. If you're not focused, if you're not dialed in, if you're not committed, you're not going to get the it. You follow what I'm saying? And we get separated, and we need to realize that it's not just some resurrection in the sky. We're on that path right now. The way I'm walking, the way that I'm living, what I'm doing right now is the part of my ascension, the part of my resurrection that I'm moving towards. I'm pressing on towards the mark of the prize of the high calling on my life. Heaven is calling my name. Heaven desires me. Now listen to me. There is life after this life. Yes, I'm called here, but he's calling me to a higher place. He's calling me into eternal fellowship with him. He's calling me to rule and to reign. He's calling me to live and to abide. He's calling me to that place. So your life right now is, is an ascension. You're walking. Who will ascend to the hill? Who will ascend to the holy end? He who has clean hands and a pure heart and a renewed mind. Listen, some of y'all got the cleanest hands in here. Some of y'all, you, 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 you manicured your nails last night. You painted them. You got them all together. Your hands are clean as a whistle. You didn't do anything wrong this week. Some of y'all got the cleanest hearts that there are, the purest hearts that there are, but, but your mind isn't there. Listen to me, friend. Your mind is in chaos. It's in confusion. It's in disorder. It's critical. It's judgmental. You must have a renewed mind. Yeah. Yeah. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He didn't leave you here to suppose you as judge. And the way you judge, you're going to be judged. If you don't have a merciful mind, your mind is full of something other than. You don't want to be caught there. You don't want to be trapped there. And listen, I, I, can, I can feel it. I can see it. You, you, people around you can feel it and see it. And, and sometimes we think we're so pious and we think we're so high and we think we're so lifted up and think that we've got the corner on the market of all these things. Let me tell you something that happened this past week. We're in this conference and it's a, it's a Pentecostal conference. I mean, y'all look like Presbyterians compared to this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
and, and, and invited into this. Brother Ken was this, this Baptist pastor. Never been in an environment like this before in his life. Never. But he's hungry. He's more hungry than some people in this charismatic church. For what? For the things of the Spirit. Matter of fact, he told us he had been practicing tongues. Practicing tongues. I'd never heard of that before. I thought I'd heard everything. I had never heard of that before. Now, I had somebody who received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and, and they were at home, and they're in the music industry, and, and they're, they're praying in tongues, and they're experiencing this great joy, and they're walking around, and they're praying in tongues, and, and their son heard them praying in tongues. But their son didn't know anything about baptism of the Holy Spirit. Had, had no knowledge. Had never heard anything about tongues. And the son said, what's that? I said, oh, that's a voice exercise. <laughs> that's a new voice exercise. But this, this, this pastor comes and he's given a session. And listen, there, there's some Pentecostal churches that when in my early years I travel around and preach would not let me preach in their church because I wasn't one of them. Yeah. They think they're up there. They've got there's this little holier than thou mindset. Sometimes we have it and we're down here. You don't have to be up here to be like that. Some of y'all think you're holier than the message I'm preaching right now. Some of y'all think you're holier than the worship we just had right now. You're so holy, you didn't have to worship. And so this guy stands up and he starts sharing a story. And he starts talking about practicing in tongues. And he starts talking about his desire for the things of the Spirit. And he starts talking about his story. And I won't go to his whole story, but lo and behold... In the middle of all this going on, revelation comes. And I shared it with someone and shared it back with me. I said, he was baptized in the, in, in the spirit in, the, in his mother's womb. The other minister who's as Pentecostal as I am, he went. <laughs> so I was just looking up that scripture. We went and prayed over it. And then he started sharing his testimony. And in his testimony, when his mother was deaf and his father was deaf and, and, and he went to his, his grandmother's, Bapticostal grandmother, took her to a tent meeting. The mother has cerebral palsy, but she wants a baby. At this conference we were at, there were seven miracle babies there from one year ago. Seven people who did not have babies were there this week. And the word prophetically was spoken last year is that there'll be Ruach babies next year. They were there. God who answers. So we have this whole thing about all the Ruach, all these people that were giving these testimonies and everything, and now this guy's sharing his little story. And he said, my grandmother took my mother to a tent meeting where this uh, Pentecostal preacher was preaching under a tent and called her forward, and she's standing there, and he starts speaking over her. Well, she can't hear him, so she's asking the grand her mother, saying, what is he saying? Her lip language. In her. He said, you're pregnant. He's saying, you're pregnant. In that Pentecostal atmosphere, the Spirit of God had hit that woman's belly. Listen to me. If God anoints you, if God touches you, he can impart to you his Spirit. Now, I know this, this is where we're waking out, but that's not the Pentecostal baptism. I told you you got a problem with Jesus. I told you you got a problem with Jesus. Yes, you do. Because he got baptized in the Spirit in the water. Never spoke in tongues like you. Never. But he speaks in every language of the world. 
Speaks in every language of the world. Uh, we've talked about this before. Christina, your native language is Spanish, right? And he'll speak to you in Spanish, right? God, Jesus speaks Spanish, doesn't he? Senor. He speaks in Spanish. I was with people from Bulgaria. He speaks in Bulgarian. Uruguay, he speaks in their language. Get him out of your grip. God's bigger than us. God's bigger than us. Stop focusing and majoring on the minors and minoring on the majors. God is bigger than us. We're just it. He's the I am. Amen? When he heard that word, he just crumbled and wept, and you could feel the vibrations of the Holy Spirit in his life. Are you open to the more? So he went going on up to Jerusalem, in verse 29, and it came to pass... Some things are happening as you're moving, and not until that will they come to pass. And when he drew near to Bethphage and of Bethany at the mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples. Did you notice that? Uh, here, Luke calls it Olivet, and Mark called it Mount of Olive. We're not going to be identicals. I have a niece and a nephew. That tells you enough they're not identical twins. But they're twins. Did you hear me? One's a boy, one's a girl. Can I just clear that up? We don't have to be identicals. I don't have to be just like you. You don't have to be just like me. We might see it from a different perspective, but it's Jesus that we're getting to. Amen? And then do we, does Jesus have us or do we have ourselves in control of what Jesus wants to do? So Jesus sent two of his disciples. Everybody say two. Saying, he spoke to me, he said, go into the village opposite you. Mm. We don't like to work with opposite things. We don't like to work with opposing things. We don't like to work with things that aren't just like us. If it's not my way, then it ain't no way. I got news for you. He's the way you're not. He's the way we're not. Come on, somebody. He said, go into the uh, the village opposites you. Whereas you enter, you will find a colt tied. Notice he sent him to a village, not a city. There were two cities there. God could have used the big. God could have used the powerful. God could have used the resources. God could have used the population. But no, he said, go to the village. Oh, hey, just, just go to the village. I came out of trough. I don't see why the donkey can't come out of a village. Right? He says, go to the village opposite where you will enter, where, where you will, excuse me, where as you enter, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it. And so they both have an it in their story. They both have an it in their story. Can I remind you, you're it. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. Now, I just need to, I need to inform you. I need to encourage you. I need to announce to you. I need to present to you. The Lord has need of you. I know, I, I know. I, that, we, we blow out, no, he doesn't, God can do anything. I know. And he did what he wanted to do. He made you. He made you out of nothing. Before you were in your mother's womb, he knew the substance before you were even your father. He took you out of the same nothingness that he created the earth and he made you. I'm more his than I am a DeVries. 
So that mindset is true, but let, don't let it bog up what is real. I, I'll prove it to you. He needs you. We just had a baby dedication. And, and, and that child, how many of y'all would agree, needs those parents? That child needs those grandparents. That child needs the, the nieces and the nephews. That child needs you. That child needs us. How many of y'all know that, that, that God uses the church? So God needs the church to fulfill what God said he's going to do. He's going to do it through the church. God needed Israel, and God is using Israel to perform what God wants to do so that we could come out while they're blind, and we could come in and be grafted into the vine. God needs people, or he wouldn't have created you. He created you for a purpose. And then that's why the enemy attacks people. Notice the enemy doesn't go after the trees. It goes after the people. And the enemy is trying to use things to destroy people because it knows if I can destroy people, then God doesn't have it. God doesn't have the opportunity to do this, the possibility to do that. It makes the, it makes the, uh, it makes the accomplishment much more difficult. Okay. Anybody here own a business? Anybody here an employer that people sign, they work for you, they come in and, and your job has been elevated. You used to be here, but you got put there and people work underneath you. Oh, y'all are getting scared on me now. Raise your hand. How I many y'all have people like, stand up for a second. Just show that this is, exists. You understand? People work underneath you. People serve underneath you. Do you need them? I said, do you need them? Yeah, you need them. You can be seated now. Can you imagine if, if, if it was just you and not them? You know, they just did a, a pastor's appreciation. Listen, I can't do what I do if these people aren't doing what they're doing. It would be me, you, my family, and, and maybe somebody who still likes us. There would not be many people here. I can't make it to every hospital visit. But sometimes you feel like you need it. That's right, because you do. You need somebody to come and lay hands on you. If part of your healing is coming through laying on of hands, if there's nobody laying hands on you, because you don't need them, the reality is God needs you. You got to get this. I, I, I'm tired of sitting as a lump on a log. You need to understand you are the it for God. God needs you. I know you're still in the sovereign realm. God, yes, he can do it. He can thump you on the head and put you to bed. Yes, he can do anything. But he created you. What did he create you for? For his glory. If you are not doing what God has called you to do and created you to be, you're not bringing him glory. That would be a sorry, sorry story to show up to heaven and say, I brought you no glory. I buried my talent. Jesus taught about these things. I hope somebody gets with me. Got a funny feeling it's going to be the same 40 every time. God's trying to say to you, he needs you. He said, go into that village. If anyone asks you, why are you losing it? Thus shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those were sent their way and found it just as he had said to them. Did you hear that? He, he, he commanded them. He instructed them. He sent them. He released them. Uh, we're coming into a new stage of deliverance. There will always be the deliverance of getting people out of bondage. But we're coming to an aspect of deliverance in a season of being delivered to. All we ever focus on is deliverance is coming out. But deliverance is incomplete until it's been sent to. 
He's trying to get you into who you really are. Yes, he saved you. I'm not arguing with your salvation, but he didn't save you to sit on an eggplant chair. He didn't save you to worship him with your arms crossed. He didn't save you to critique my preaching. He saved you so he could do something through you that he could do through nobody else but you. He has an eternal purpose for you. There's a call and a mandate on your life. He sent them. He told them what they would find. He said, you go into that city, that village opposite you, and you'll find it. You'll find it tied up. You'll find it there. And when they got there, listen to me, it was exactly how he said. You know what was exactly how he said? What he told them they'd see? Yes, but what to do? You see, we got this mindset. The Lord speaks to, to yep. Cody and he speaks to DJ and whether you knew it or not, these guys are brothers. So they're, 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 they're like uh, James and John, okay? I mean, they're just like brothers, okay? And so there they are and, and, and they're getting ready to go do something really cool for the Lord. Go, go, guys. Just slowly, 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 just walk it out. Hey, hey, where, where are you guys going? Where, where are you going? What are you guys going to do? Can I go with you? Now it's not exactly how Jesus said. Now you got something with you. You added something to the word of the Lord. And then all of a sudden they're here and they're getting ready to go do it. And I'm like, Cody, you like pickleball, right? You're going to untie a cold? Is that where you're headed right now? Well, let's go play pickleball. Come on. Yeah. See it, DJ. Can you get the cold, please? Now we just took away from. You guys can sit down. Thanks. Now we just took away from. You know what the Bible says in the book of Revelation? Do not add to nor take away from my word. We do it all the time. And we think we can just wink at God, and God's got to do it our way for some reason. You know, you see, they did it as he commanded. They, they, you don't want to take something with you that's not supposed to be there. And it happens all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, come on. You don't want to offend anybody, right? Yeah, you don't want to offend anybody. So they ask if they can go with you on your God-given assignment that only two of you are supposed to go. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, come on. And so the fear of man starts to rule over the fear of God. Uh, the Lord might say to you, fast this. Yeah. Well, he didn't mean that. Well, sure, they didn't mean that day. I'm just giving you an illustration, and all of a sudden you're taking a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and then, you know, we start adding to and taking away, and that's why we're not seeing the full effect of what God is sending us to do. But we're coming into an era, E-R-A, that will bring us out of error, E-R-R-O-R, and we're being sent to do what God calls us to do. Hey, it won't always understand. It would make sense. Gretchen and I were standing uh, on the front and, and, and uh, not on the front, and, uh, on the stage there, and, and we're two rows back with the pastors. And, and uh, uh, Bishop Wallace calls out. He says, "Whatever nation first comes to your mind, just whatever nation first comes to your mind." And there was others here that experienced this. And, I, and, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, Brazil comes to my mind. I'm like, I don't know Brazil. I don't know why Brazil's coming to my mind. And, and then Uruguay. And I'm like, well, these people are back here. Uruguay. So I've got two of them. And I'm the Lord. You said well, he said one, and I've got two going. And then the Lord says, "How about?" South America. I was like, stop already. I mean, Brazil's one thing. Uruguay's another thing. South America? And then walks in, speaker that morning, and before she speaks, she said, Pastor Greg and Gretchen, I have this word for you, and 
God showed me you in the middle of the night when I was getting the download of this word. And, and in this word, the Lord spoke to me. That, and, and she listed off. She said, Brazil, Uruguay, and South America. Wow. To the tip of South America. Wow. Now watch. I'm like, okay. And, and there's coming a day that, that she said, fearfully, I say there's coming a day that I see a curly-head baby, grandbaby, sitting at your table. I mean, a, a Latino baby sitting at the table. I'm like, bring it on. So God's that Pacific. Now, years ago, the Lord revealed to me in simplicity that if I could speak English and Spanish, I could reach over 80% of the population of the earth if I could speak those two languages. And I never learned Spanish. What are you saying, preacher? I failed. I missed it. But God can still redeem it. I wasn't prepared. That, that word probably wouldn't be, have been as breathtaking or as challenging if I would have, if I would have been I'm like, que pasa como esta? Let's go take Brazilla. You know, I mean, I'd be all like ready to go. Wasn't as prepared. It's an ascension. Those early steps would have me ready for that bigger step. You feel what I'm saying? Oh, I'm going to get ready. I said, I'm going to get ready. We had a friend there from Bulgaria, and then uh, we're asking him, and Bulgaria has been out of communism for, for just 30 years. He got saved at 17 and became a pastor because there's no pastors. There were, there were no pastors. No pastors. Just him. Then he saw his, the life, the, the woman he wanted to marry. He's like, wow. Whew, I want that woman. First thing came to mind, I better get her saved. So he went and got her saved so he could marry her. Some of y'all aren't married because you haven't saved your spouse yet. And Gretchen said, how'd you learn English? He said, oh, he said, uh, a guy was teaching in English at this thing, and, and we had one of those uh, translator things in our ear, and by the time that first session was over, I understood him in English. I don't know. Lord, let Spanish happen that way. They did just as he said, you don't take away. Don't go alone. You don't take a third. Verse 33. But as they were loosing the colt, now this stuff isn't just going to happen because he said it, friends. It has to be done. As they're loosing the colt, remember he said, if anybody asks you, just tell them, you know, the Lord has need of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know some little boy comes by, why are you doing that? You know, or, or somebody's like, hey, you got, why are you guys unloosing that colt? He doesn't say anything about the owners. Because that would probably strike a little fear in there. Because all of a sudden you go, oh, that would be stealing. You didn't tell me. I thought you owned it. I didn't. You know. and, and so they show up on the scene, and, and as they were loosing the colt, the owners of it said to them, you know, here's the deal. Whatever the it you are, something owns you. Something controls you. It could be your 401k. Well, we can't do this, we can't do that, we can't do this, we can only do that. And, and it controls what you can and what you can't do. It could be your health. It could be your gender. It, it, could, be, it could be a, a list of anything. It could be your addiction. It could be your religion. It owns you. And you can't go any further than where you are. You're tied down. You're restricted. 
You have to unloose from what owns you. It could be your personality. It could be your mindset. It could be uh, unforgiveness. Who knows what it is? And the owner said to them, why are you loosing the colt? Now, this is, where, this is where we miss the picture sometimes. We're thinking that the owners are going, but we haven't thought the same Jesus who said to them, yeah. said to them, tie me up a colt. I'll send two guys over there. And when they show up, you ask them and see if I'm not true. You ask them. This could be the building of their faith, too. Why are you losing the coat? Because the Lord. You know the Lord? Yes, let's do this thing. There's other people out there who can hear God. You ain't the only one. I'm not the only one. We're not the only one. There's others out there who can hear God. And we're all working together. Can you hear God? We need you as much as he needs it. We're in this thing together. They said, why are you loosing the cult? And they said, because the Lord, watch this. Because the Lord has need of him. It ain't it no more. It's not just an it anymore. It is personalized. It's it's, it's recognized. It's honored. It's stepping into his fullness. You don't have to be who you are anymore. You can become the he that he created you to be. Now, I'm very concerned. Please, every year, hear me on this. Depart from me. I never knew you. You don't want to be the you that he doesn't know. You want to be the you that he made you to be. I'm asking you a question to ask yourself a question. This is not personal between you and me. Are you the one he created you to be? Well, I've done this and I've done that. So did they. So are they. You just need to be who he created you to be. So Luke has this perspective. Mark has this perspective. Before they could bring it to him, they had to loose it. I think there's a lot of people that that hit altars in the church, and, and they get in the altar, and they're bringing it to the Lord. They're bringing it to the Lord, but they get back up with it. It's because they're not loosening it. It's got to be untied. You've got to break that. That, that has to, to be loosened in your life. I can't help but to think about Lazarus. You know, he's in, he's in the grave and he, he's dead. Dead. And Jesus comes to loose him. He's losing in death. Jesus looses him from death. Right? He, he just calls out. He says, Lazarus, come forth. It, you need to realize that, that that could be symbolic even in church when the preacher says, come forth. No, you're, you're binding it. Come on now. How many, how many of y'all have ever, have ever pulled the string and you pulled the wrong string and you made a knot instead of loosening it? Did you hear me? Yeah, how many of y'all have ever done that? Sometimes you're making it worse than you are better. And so he, he says, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus doesn't have any other choice 
but to stay there or come forth. Listen to me. He brings us to points in our life. You can stay where you are. It's your choice. Or you can come to where he is. You can respond to him. And so Lazarus comes forth, but you know the story well enough. Uh, the Lord said, to, he said, he who died came out, but he was bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Uh, Jesus will do so much, but then he allows us to do so much more. Oh, listen, he took the boy's fish in the loaves. He broke them, prayed for them, and just gave them to the disciples. It was in the disciples' action. It was in the disciples' work that that, that, that fish and loaf became 12 bushels and 5,000 5, filled stomachs. Because he engages people. He uses people. He needs people. I hope you get this. He said, loosen. Isaiah 61. How could you ever not think about this? And the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound. Uh, there's people that are, that are in, in, in captivity. There's people that are in prison. There's people that are held. It is part of the work of the Spirit of God. It's part of the desire of God to loose you from that which binds you. So you can live in free. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Jesus came that we may be free. He's just passing that ministry on to these two disciples. So thankful he, he didn't name them because uh, immediately we're, we're thinking the 12. But if you read the Bible a bit bigger, there were other disciples. There were other disciples, people who were mentioned as disciples. And sure enough, it, it's some no name. It doesn't have to be the preacher. It doesn't have to be the prophet. It doesn't have to be the evangelist. It, it just needs to be apostolic. It just needs to be evangelistic. It just needs to be prophetic. It just needs to be teaching. It just needs to be the flow of it. He's trying to use you and me is trying to use us to loose it. There is something that Jesus wants to do that he hasn't been able to do yet, not just in your life, but on the earth. And when he finally looses the church to serve him, to obey him, and some of you know this, you've seen it. You've been in a situation in your life, you're like, I didn't know this existed. And you started serving here, and you started doing that, and you started to go on trips, and you started, to, and you're like, oh my goodness, you are set free out of the imprisonment of bondage. It could just be the lack of knowledge, it could be religion, it could be anything. But he's trying to do something on the earth that hasn't been done before. And if you want to sit around and just wait for it, that's your choice. And we're going to be a church that's going to do it, to be a part of it. Verse 35, and we'll start getting to a close here. And then they brought him to Jesus. Donkey's still a him now, the colt, him, not it, him. And they threw their own clothes on the colt, and they set Jesus on him. I just wonder when, when you get out of the, out of the tied down stage and you're brought to Jesus stage, you've been loosed, brought to Jesus, if you won't get saddled 
for what Jesus wants to mount on you for you to carry out to be done. Uh, let me just say it this way and give you some language you may be on the sand. Ordained, called, impartation. They, they t- oh, I wish I could do it. I, they picked them up yes. and put them on there. Who's they? Those who were in it. You need to understand throughout scripture. I mean, I could start from Genesis. God uses man. God didn't say, oh, up in heaven, you know, makes a little paper airplane or paper boat. And you're like, here you go, Noah. See that? (laughs) No, Noah's out there. hundred years. Ascending above the flood. Ascending above the flood. It was the early steps of ascension that he was walking in. And you know what? Noah and his whole family got saved. There's some of us aren't doing a darn thing right now and expecting our children to come to the Lord. Listen, if Noah could build an ark for 100 years, you can be faithful to church for a few. Verse 1 of Matthew 21. It's uh, another account coming near to Jerusalem. We'll pick up in verse 2. It says, go into the village opposite you. Immediately you'll find a donkey tied in a colt with her. (laughs) So a colt, you know, is a foal is young. The donkey here is, as we recognize, it's the mother donkey. It's the mother load. She's been doing it for a while. You know, God can speak to a donkey and give birth. That's what the Bible says. You think God didn't choose that donkey for this moment? And she's hee-hawing away, gnawing on some hay, watching that little cold over there just tied up, thinking, when's he going to be loosed? Ever since she was carrying him in that donkey belly, she can feel that kicking that developing, that growing, it got out. And it was probably a little bit like Jesus probably got away from her a few times because it wanted to go do the stuff and wanted to do the father's business. There was, there was, there was, there was, there was an authority. There was a, a heavenly authority. There's a supernatural calling on that donkey. And I got news for you. You're a higher creation than any donkey that ever walked on the earth. Don't think he can't use donkeys. What did Mary ride on? Jesus was probably enjoying that. I mean, as Mary was doing that side straddle and that pregnant girl just riding on that donkey, running, Jesus in there saying, here comes a donkey. Here comes a donkey. And Jesus said, I can't wait till I have a donkey to ride on. Can't wait till I have my own donkey. Oh, I was out on the golf course not long ago, and this is some years ago, so it was long ago. And I'm playing with Levi and David, and Levi, David's maybe 12, 13 years old, and, and I walked up to the par three, and I, I got on the par three, and I, I took my tee, and then you need to understand something, you don't use a full tee for a par three, because it gets stuck in the grass there, and your club hits it, and it kind of holds it a little bit, and so I snapped the tee, and David leaned over and whispered, David said, I can't, whispered to Levi, I said, I can't wait till I have that kind of money. <laughs> Friends, I don't know what a tee costs, I could not tell you what a tee costs, but it can't be more than a penny. <laughs> Jesus was sitting on that donkey. And he was saying, I can't wait till I have a donkey like this. 
Listen to me, stubborn. Listen to me, hardhead. Listen to me, hee-haw. God can use you too. If he can use me, I know he can use you. Amen. Don't be so stubborn. Don't be so hard-headed. Get on for the ride. Immediately you'll find a donkey. So, so there wasn't just a donkey there. You know, Luke told us about a donkey, a, a colt, and, and, and so did Mark. But, but Matthew, he's a tax collector. He sees the revenue in this stuff. He's like, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Whoa, there, there's a donkey here, and there's some value in these things. There's some appreciation. There could be some depreciation. My question is, do you feel appreciated? I feel appreciated that God would call me. I feel appreciated that I, I don't just get to preach this morning. I get to preach tonight. I feel appreciated. I get to get on a plane Wednesday morning at 530 in the morning to go to New Orleans and spend time with Jordan and Madison and John and Georgia down there and preach the gospel. I feel appreciated. Appreciated. I don't want to return depreciation. I'm just a donkey. Stuart was in a children's play years ago and, and he was the donkey. That's what he was doing. He's coming through, and he's pretty good size then too. He go, and the crowd would laugh. The more laugh, the more they laugh. He go, and then he got over by a bale of hay. And now, now he's not being appreciated anymore. Took him a piece of hay. Started while the play's going on, and he's not. And people, he goes. Life is more abundant when you feel appreciated. You are appreciated. You've been called and chosen by God. You've been delivered from darkness. You've been delivered from pain. God has saved you for a reason. He wants to use you. And it can be enjoyable. Here comes Jesus riding on a donkey. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna to the king. So he says, you'll find a donkey and a colt. Let's just kind of abbreviate this a little bit. And Jesus said, loose them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you should say the Lord has need of them. Immediately he will send them. Unlock that guy's obedience. He sends them, releases them. So you just had the picture. I just gave you the picture. This guy just let a colt go. That's a big offering. He's letting his donkey go now. What do you have to give to the Lord? What could we possibly have that the Lord could use in our life? But notice here, the colt is young, never been sat on. The donkey, for all I know, could have been 33 years old. For all I know. And it might have been the one that Joseph went to a used car lot and said, I'll take that one right there. Use donkey locks. I'll take that one right there. Okay, yeah, it's just a rental. We're just going to a tax collection thing. We're getting numbered over here in Bethlehem, but we'll be back. So can I, how much would it be to rent it? Oh, one denarii a day. Could be the same donkey that Mary rode on that birthed Jesus prophetically. Jesus, Mary birthed Jesus. She carried Jesus. That donkey carried the donkey. It's going to carry, I don't know. I don't know. But I do know this, that God told me if you'd speak Spanish, he should be able to reach 85, 80%. And then some years later, 
Gretchen and I are looking at some plates in my, in, in my office just yesterday. We stopped by the church and, and spent some time here, and, and I have these plates that I just found right after the staff retreat. We've just been on staff retreat, and I shared with them the, the new vision. I just re- renewed the vision, shared with them what some things God's saying. And I go to my office, and, 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 I, and I thought, look in that box. And I look in this box that has been with me for over 20 years. And I look in this box, and there's these, these six green china things with the harvest scene on them. I thought, oh, that was Kara that gave that to me. And I pulled that note out, and I remember that handwriting, and I started reading it. She said, I see laborers. I see new laborers coming for the new vision. We just had the staff meeting yesterday. I just used the language new. 20 years ago, this teenage girl writes this note, and she's speaking about you. She's speaking about you. We need you. If we're going to get it done, you have got to respond to the it that you are to carry out the plan that he's going to do. God knew it 20 years ago. Some of y'all aren't even 20 years old. Some of these students are like 18, 19. They faked on their thing to really 15. They just wanted to be used. So what's the point? God's going to use the young, yes. But he's going to keep using the old. Yes. Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets. Jesus came to fulfill the first covenant and the latter covenant. He's going to do it all. Just give me five minutes, please. All this was done. This is verse 4 of Matthew 21. You got to get this. All this was done that it It. might be fulfilled. Have you ever said it might be the Lord? Have you ever said it it might be the Lord? Yeah, it is the Lord. That's what they said after he died. said, it is the Lord. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, this comes out of Zechariah. We won't go there. We don't have time to go there. But Zechariah uh, chapter 9. Tell the daughter of Zion, that's Jerusalem, the children of God, what we're grafting. It said, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt and a foil of a donkey. So he rode on the donkey for a while, and then he got on the colt to finish the ride. But you need to understand it's fulfillment of prophecy. If you don't give your it to Jesus, His prophecies can't be fulfilled in your life. Prophetic fulfillment. Second Timothy tells us about it. But be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of evangelists. Fulfill your ministry. I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. That's what Jesus is doing. He's coming to the end. He said, I fought the good fight on the old donkey. I have finished the race and I've kept the faith. And even though I was wearing out, I'm going to get on a fresh one and ride the last run to it. I'm going to be refreshed in times of repenting. I'm going to be restored to what God has called me to be. God still has a call on your life and a purpose for your life. So the disciples did as Jesus commanded. It was obedience. They did exactly what he said. Here's what we can expect. I'm going to stay away from the scripture because it'll take me a long time. It says right after that, Jesus goes into the temple. He goes into the temple and he turns over the tables and he messes everything up. Everybody's been counting on. What are you counting on? What are you counting on? Where are you really putting all your eggs in what basket? I'm all for good investments, but there's no better investment than giving it to Jesus. The it is you. The it is you. 
And so he turns it all over and he says, you guys have made this a den of thieves. I'm not even getting into T-shirts and CDs and all that kind of stuff. What about what we're stealing from him? What about the opportunities? Well, what about the, the, the plan that he has for our life? But we're out there just making all, he said, I know the plans I have for you. Stop doing that and doing it. Do this. And we're stealing things from him. Stealing life from him. He says, my house, Gretchen said it earlier. He said, my house should be called a house of prayer. So let me ask you a question. Uh, It's an invitation, but I'm asking you a question. When was the last prayer meeting you attended? For those who do not attend the aspect of prayer, you might not be living in the house you think you're living in. He said, my house. This is what Isaiah the prophet said. It's getting quiet in here, and it's supposed to. It's what the prophet Isaiah said. He said, on behalf of God, heaven is my throne. The earth is my footstool. But where is the house you will build for me? Now, that prayer meeting doesn't have to be in here all the time. But at home, you ought to have a prayer meeting. You ought to have a prayer time. In your life, you ought to have a prayer life in your life. Because he said, my house, my temple, ought to be a house of prayer. Taking prayer to another. We've been trying this for seven years. Taking prayer to another level. The next thing that happens when he comes out of there is it said they brought the lame to him and the blind to him. Blind people and lame people, and guess what he did? He healed them. He healed them. We can expect prayer. He expects prayer. We can expect that we should be in prayer, but we can be expecting that people are going to start getting healed. The more prayers we put out, the more miracles are going to take place. I truly believe that. Truly believe that. You don't have to, but that's the truth. And then it was the chief priests and the scribes, and they saw the wonderful things that he did. They saw the great things that were going on, and the children cried out in the temple saying, Hosanna! to the son of David. It's kind of like over here with all those J through eighters and teenagers, the the little baby boys and the the school of ministry and and they're just over here and they're shouting out and they're shouting out. And I'm like, can they ever get quiet? Will they ever say, no, no. I I don't want to see another day that the altar is not filled during worship. But I don't just want colts up here. I want a few more donkeys. We've got some. But I want some of the older folks. Worship is a place of sacrifice. That's what the altar's for. They're, they're crying out, Hosanna, something. And remember, the chief priests and the scribes saw these wonderful things. The, the, the Bible says this is wonderful. Children ought to be crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna, son of David. And they were indignant. Listen, we will become even more undignified than this. But we can expect indignation. People that repel it. People that oppose it. People who say, that's not right. You can't do it that way. Be careful. You might find yourself associated with those who rejected the cornerstone. Well, they believed in God. They believed in everything that God's word said. But their hearts weren't full of it. He said, do you hear what these are saying? Here's the last thing. 
They said to him, said, have you ever, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants? You have perfected praise. Don't wait for a rock to crowd in your place. Our praise ought to be off the hook. If you only knew who I was before I got in that grave. Those who have been forgiven much, they love much. Do you remember what he saved you from? And listen, sometimes instead of just wondering what he saved you from, maybe you need to realize what he saved you from. Because if he wouldn't have taken you out of that, there's no telling what you might have gotten into. And if you're an old stubborn donkey, I'm here to tell you, you can be born again and be a fresh new colt for Jesus. He left them and went out of the city to Bethany. I think there's, I think there's a prophetic picture. You can stand to your feet if you will. I have at times in the past, but I will, not, I, I will not apologize for time frames. I won't. He left them. Who? Who did he leave? The ones who were indignant. You can leave the church all you want, but you better be careful he doesn't leave you. This, this is not a personal message. It's not a personal message. This is what the Lord is saying. He left them. And he went out of the city to Bethany. What is Bethany? Well, if you know anything about Bethlehem or Bethel, house of, house of God, house of bread. Bethany is any house. Jesus has come out of heaven to come to any house that will receive him. Any house. Jesus, do not pass. Do not pass this house by. Jesus, do not pass me by. Do you guys remember that? While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Then Jesus shows up and he sees a fig tree. It's morning time. So he returned to the city. Means he's giving it one more look. He left, comes back. Returned to the city, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he said to it, mm-hmm. you're it. You got to get this. You're either the donkey, the colt, or the fig tree. It's, it's speaking allegorically to us to where we are. He sees the fig tree and he came to it and found nothing on it. And listen, but the leaves and said to it, you, you, listen, if you got problems with stuff we do here, you would have big problems with this guy. I'm not following him anymore. That guy's talking to trees. <laughs> There's people in here that speak to their plants. Come on, where you at? Oh, look, they are here. They're here. See? And study shows it helps. Until you can get over yourself, you'll never be able to do it. I've tried to talk to a few family. Grow. Where are those people at? 
Yeah, they're selling them too, yeah. So Jesus, seeing the fig tree by the road, he came to it and found it, but leaves, but it had no leaves on it, and said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. Thank goodness there's another story in the Bible that he came to a fig tree that didn't have any fruit on it. And he looked at that fig tree and he said, I was hungry and there was nowhere for me to sit on you. You ever notice the word sit has it in it? He, he said, there, there, there's nowhere for me to sit. There's nothing for me to eat. There's, I remember I wanted that donkey so I could sit on it. So I, I needed it. He looked around and he said, we need to do away with this thing. And all of a sudden, the owner comes out and goes, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's my fig tree, wait a minute. He said, yeah, I know, I know exactly whose it is. He said, and for the last two years, I come here and I found the same thing. He says, give me one more year. He said, give me one more year. He said, let, let me dig up around it. Let me fertilize it. I don't know if we have any critter control people. We have a skunk living under our house. We do. Congratulations, y'all. Come get it. I don't. I don't know if he got in a big battle, but he passed gas last night. <laughs> when I hit the kitchen, it hit me. I can still feel it in my throat. It wasn't real bad, but it wasn't real good either. He said he's going to put some manure around it. Did you hear me? You don't want the stinky stuff. You only want the sweet stuff. Just tell me the message that I'm good with. Just tell me the message I can sing with. Just tell me the message I already know everything about. But don't mess with me. I'm just trying to loose you. I'm just trying to set you free. There are prophecies inside your destiny. Not ones just to you, but ones that can come out of you. There's healing in your hands. There's salvation in your belly. I'm here to tell you there's knowledge and wisdom in your mind. Some of us are not doing what God has called us to do. Jesus said, okay, I'll back away. I'll give you another year. Could this be our year? He said, you do what you say you can do, but if I come back, there's no fruit on it. See, the first time Jesus said this, he said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. In other words, he said, I'm the vine and you're it. I'm feeding the vine. I'm, I'm not a respecter of branches. But if there's no fruit on your branch, that's your problem. It's not mine. He said, no, come a day, I'll cut it off. I'll bind it up and I'll throw it into a fire. It will be useless to me. We don't want to be useless to Jesus. We want to be useful to Jesus. This will be a house of prayer. This will be a house of praise. This will be a house of worship. This will be a house of salvation. This will be a house of healing. This will be a house of his presence. That's who we are. Because that's what he desires. Today, if you know there's something you need to loose in your life, I'm going to ask you to come stand in the altar. I'm going to ask you just to come stand in the altar. If you know there's something that he still wants to do in your life that he hasn't done yet, come stand in the altar. There are people that are here this morning, you need to get saved. 
You need to be born again. You need to give your life to Jesus. You're tied to sin. You're tied to the world. You're bound with trouble, hatred, lust, deception. He says, I need you. If he says, I need you, it means he wants you. Come on in tighter. I believe there's going to be a second wave coming. If nobody's asking you anything about Jesus, if nobody's asking you to pray with them, if nobody's asking you to sit down and counsel them, that means there's no fruit on you. They're not picking off your branches. Do you hear me? If people aren't drawing from you, it's because there's nothing to offer. And if your branches don't have fruit on it, and you're saying, God, give me one more year, I want to cultivate this thing. I want to nourish this thing. I want to feed this thing. If that's you, come forward. I know there's still others out there. Come forward. Let me say this to you. You say, man, I've already done my stuff. He said, loose them both. He said, loose them both. I'm sorry, Mark didn't see it. I'm sorry Luke didn't see it, but Matthew did. Because Matthew saw things that mattered. He saw things that counted. Maybe you're in your 70s. Maybe you're pushing up into your 80s. My mom is still going to Bible studies. She's still going to search. She's going to turn to 86 in a month. She's still witnessing to this person, to that person. He wants to use the donkey and the colt. So I'm speaking to our elder, seasoned, aged people. You're saying, God, if you can use me one more time, here I am. Use me for your glory. If that's you in your latter season life, you want to be used of God, come on up here. Come on up here. Lose yourself from your hitching chair. say something to you. If you're sitting in the same seat every week, you're not being useful. You're filling a seat. But I think sometimes those in their 50s and 60s and 70s ought to spread their seat over here a little bit and rub elbows with those young ones. that the, the blacks and the whites ought to mix into other people and spread the love a little bit. Come on. I think we ought to shake it up a little bit. Move it around a little bit. If we can surrender our life to God in an altar, we can worship in an altar. You don't have to dance like she dances or he dances. That's not what it's about. You just need to present yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. I've resolved 
I'm going to waste myself for Jesus. There's nothing else worth living for. just lift your hands right now pray this with me Lord Jesus I surrender I'm it thank you for tagging me I desire to be used by you I am open to whatever you desire I desire to carry you I desire to present you Jesus, I am yours. Use me for your glory and for your honor. I ask today that every knot would be untied in my life and that I would be free for you. Jesus, let's do something that we've never done before. Thank you, Jesus, for letting me know you need me. Thank you, Jesus. I'm in. Come on, let's give a praise for this. I want to pray a prayer of salvation. I believe there's a few in here that are in that place of life right now. It's time to say, not just asking Jesus into you, but giving yourself into Jesus. Being set free and born again. Let's pray this prayer. We can pray it together. Lord Jesus, today I make a decision. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I thank you for being my Savior. Would you please forgive me of all of my wrongdoings, any sin that I've committed, wash me, make me clean. I desire to be new in you. Create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit, cast me not away from your presence, but restore unto me the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, have one prayer left. If you prayed that by faith, that's good between you and the Lord. One prayer left. All I can see is a, a newborn bird in a nest that a mother prepared, a father prepared, and those birds got it all together. They put those things in and built that little nest, and now it's hatched out. It's hatched out. The first thing you see with that little bird is it stretches out that scrawny little neck, and it opens up its beak, right? What is it saying? I'm hungry. I'm hungry. It's learning to breathe and it's yearning to be fed. I feel like as little chicks, little birds just coming out of the shell of whatever we just broke through, we just need to lift our hands and lift our heads. And I'm going to ask the Lord for a baptism of the Holy Spirit, a filling of His Holy Spirit in our lives. Lord, I ask that you would open the heavens and Lord, that you would pour out your Spirit. You said in these days... There'll be a great outpouring of your Holy Spirit. And I ask that you would fill us with the power from heaven. I ask that you would fill us with the life that the Holy Spirit gives. I ask that you would present even into us the gifts. And may they develop in our life. 
Lord, I'm praying for a baptism and a filling of the Holy Spirit upon each one of our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. You know what the Lord has just done? He's redeemed you. He broke shackles. He broke chains. He broke ties off of you. He redeemed you so he can use you to reconcile and to restore. There's a purpose and a call in your life. Amen. I trust that you are encouraged and inspired by the word of God today. Once again, I want to say thank you for joining us on this podcast. It's very important that after you receive the Word of God to make sure it gets sealed in your heart. I'd like to do that with you. I'd like to pray with you that we can tuck it away in our hearts and that we let the Word of God have free course, move swiftly in us, and it would glorify God. You know, the Word of God is a seed. You can expect results out of it. You can expect fruit out of it. You can expect something to be produced. Again, I'm so thankful that you joined us. Now allow me just a moment to pray with you. Father God, we come to you in the wonderful name of Jesus, the Word of God Himself. And I thank you for the Word that has been heard. I thank you for the Word that has been received. And Lord, now I ask that it gets covered up and it gets protected and locked and lodged in our hearts, Lord. And Father, I pray that you would water it. I pray that you would nurture it, that you would bring the light and revelation that it needs. And I pray that it produce good fruit in each and every heart that has received it today. I ask this in Jesus' name. I do this at the end of every service at the church. I want to do it with you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And may the Lord find great delight in you. And may you find great joy in him. May the Lord provide for you. May the Lord protect you. And may the Lord give you peace, peace. God bless you. Thanks for joining us.